0: that we don't need you and Father this morning we need you more now than ever before and we want to thank you Lord that we can forget the past and Lord that we can press forward to the high calling of Christ Jesus The one day that we have heaven to look forward to a home that never fades away an everlasting kingdom Lord made without hands Lord you made that place for us Lord, we want to thank you for the promises that are in your word, that, God, that we can be forgiven, Lord, that we can move forward and we can love each other. We want to thank you, Lord, that we're able together this morning and the freedoms that we have. Lord, we bless your name. We love you. We thank you for loving us this morning. Lord, we thank you for being here. I want to thank you for your presence. Lord, thank you for the Holy Spirit that lives within us. And, Lord, that we're never alone in our walk. And Lord, that you walk within us and through us, and even in spite of us, you care for us. And we thank you for that this morning. I pray you'd bless this time. Lord, I pray you'd bless this time of worship. Be with Todd this morning, bless him as he speaks. and Father, just anoint him with your Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you, Lord, that we have you this morning. And we're here to worship you. And Lord, help us to put everything in the past and look to the future in Christ's name.
1: Has our praise team not done a wonderful job during this time? Let's give them a hand clap. I really want to thank Sharon and her leadership during this time. When when COVID hit, we all just improvised from the parking lot in here. Music had to change. Uh, So I want to thank all our praise team members and musicians, sound people. Thank you all so much for your hard work. And let's give them another hand clap once again. It's been a blessing. Now, that said, I miss our choir, don't you? So we're hopefully, uh, when time comes, we can, we can meet together. I want to thank our Sunday school teachers as well, uh, and everybody who came to Sunday school this morning. We just trust you to do, uh, you just make yourself comfortable. When we dismiss today, we're just going to dismiss you. Uh, show grace to your neighbors, socially distance, but we're going to trust you with that today, okay? And uh, I'm excited, my good friend Todd Payne, I've known Todd, Todd's probably been coming here for almost 15 years maybe, he's been working with uh, Hope Givers, uh, which uh, works with orphans in India for probably 20 plus years, and Todd it's great to have you and your boys and Gracie, it's always a blessing to have you here, and I'll say this, I don't give up my pulpit to too many people, but I'm really honored to give it up to Todd Payne, brother I love you, thank you for your service, and I'll say this, I'm preaching on this next week, present your bodies a living sacrifice, he don't have to do what he's doing, don't have to do it. He chooses to do it, and he's not supported by uh, some uh, mission organization or anything like that. He comes to churches, okay, and he speaks, and then he goes to India for several, several months, and he'll show you pictures of the money that you've given in other churches. So if you're listening on Facebook, thank your churches as well for supporting his ministry. And at the end of the service, here's what we're going to do, because we don't do a come forward invitation. Todd will give a a brief invitation, we're going to have a family join, and we'll have three people at the doorways, okay, and I'm going to tell you how to give, and I want to encourage you to give, All right, but I'm really thankful for Todd, Todd I love you brother, and this is your time, amen.
2: Amen, praise the Lord, I'll try again, y'all discouraged me, praise the Lord, that sounds a lot better, good to be in the Lord's house with you today, and Honored to share from his word. If you have a copy of Scripture, I won't waste your time. If you'll turn with me to the book of Second Chronicles, that's in the Old Testament part. So um if you'll find your place there. It goes from Samuel to Kings and then to Chronicles. So if you'll find your place in Second Chronicles chapter number fifteen today, I want to say thank you again to East Talesville Baptist Church for the opportunity to come and share. The Lord has put on my heart, and I try to be as relevant as I can with with the days, because I'm not here every Sunday. I don't know what everyone's going through, but you live in the same world that I do, and um, we do go through the same uh, circumstances as far as life goes, and uh, during this time of the year, I don't have a problem social distancing. I'm a deer hunter, so I do I do my best to social distance every Saturday morning, and whenever I... Do that. That's where I write my messages because I normally deer hunt. I don't deer find. So while I'm deer hunting, and life is boring, I open up my app. that's the Bible, and read through. And the Lord shares what He will with me. And, and that's what I want to share with you today. What He put on my heart last Saturday while I was bored out of my mind watching acorns fall. But at any rate, uh, if you found your place, Second Chronicles chapter number 15, and you're willing and able to stand. Let me invite you to do that, to reverence the reading of the word of the Lord. I'll be speaking about Asa today. He's a man in scripture who went from uh, total obedience, seeking the Lord and seeing his blessings in chapter number 14. Um, he he uh, had 540,000 men under him in the chapter. He defeated the Ethiopians. And uh, here in chapter 15, uh, there's a prophet that comes to him and we're going to read about that portion today. There's some problem in Israel. There's some issues, nations against nations, cities are against cities in this text today. And um, at any rate, the Lord speaks through his man and Asa listens. And when Asa listens, he's blessed. But I won't get to chapter 16, but you can read that later in the latter days of, uh, of Asa. He's, he relies on the king of Syria instead of the Lord. He relies on positions for his help instead of the Lord, and and the Lord didn't like that nor honor that, but I say today as God's people, we ought to depend on our Father, amen, we ought to look to him in these hours, in these days in which we live, just as Asa did in this part of his life, which is important that I want to pull out, that the Lord's put on my heart, so if you found your place, 2 Chronicles chapter 15, verses 1 up to 8, and then we'll jump to verse 16, it says, and the Spirit of God came upon Azariah the son of Oded, and he went out to meet Asa, said unto him, Hear ye me, Asa, and all of Judah and Benjamin, the Lord is with you. While ye be with him, if ye seek him, he will be found of you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. Now for a long season, me and brother Jamie are speaking about the season that we're in. Uh, now for a long season, Israel hath been without the true God and without a teaching priest, and without law. But when they in their trouble did turn unto the Lord God of Israel and sought him, he was found of them. And in those times there was no peace to him that went out, nor to him that came in. But great vexations or troubles were upon all the inhabitants of the countries. nation was destroyed of nation and city, City, for God did vex them with all adversary, adversity. Be ye strong, therefore, and let not your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. And when Asa heard these words of the prophecy of Oded, the prophet, he took courage and put away the abominable idols out of all the land of Judah and Benjamin and out of the cities which he had taken from Mount Ephraim and renewed the altars of the Lord. That was before the porch of the Lord. If you'll jump to verse number 16, the Bible reads, and also concerning Maakai, the mother of Asa, the king, he removed her from being queen. Wow. Because she had made an idol in a grove, and Asa cut down her idol and stamped it and burned it at the brook you can be seated this this morning. I trust the Lord will bless the reading of His Word to our hearts as we study it together. There was an elephant, Indian fable goes, and a mouse that crossed a cabled bridge. And once they got across to the other side, the mouse looked at the elephant and said, "Man, we really shook that thing." I don't know if you listened to what I just told you, but the mouse thought he had part in the shaking of the bridge. And I want you to know something. He didn't, nor do you. I know sometimes we might mentalize ourselves and prioritize ourselves as being something in the kingdom of God, but I want to say God can do anything without you. But he does love you, and he does want to involve you in his calling and in the kingdom work, just as he did this prophet in our text today. It spoke to Ace's heart so much that he went to his mom and denounced her as queen. Now, man, that's bad. Y'all ever messed with mama? Mama ain't no joke. And he's messed with mama. He done, took his, he done took the queenship from mama, and he's cut down her idol. He stamped it and burned it. So today, I want to look at a kidron calling, if you will, because as God's kids, we have a kidron calling. God has called us to listen to what he says today. And in this hour that we live in, though it be difficult, man, overthrowing your mother, there's nothing more worse than that that I could come up with. In my mind, but boy, if you had to tell your mom that she's in the wrong, that's that's not a good boat to be in. Amen. And that's what Ace's had to do. But us in the days that we're living in, we as God's children need to be as close to Jesus as we've ever been before in our lives. These are exciting days. If you know your Bibles, and I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the days in which we live. It's just a comfort to me. The King is coming, and I'm grateful to know the King of Kings. I was thinking about football while I sit up in the stand the other week, and uh, if you watch football, if you're acquainted with the NFL, and today our Panthers, if you're a Carolinas fan, will play the Atlanta Falcons. I have my boys to confirm that on Google on the way up this morning in Atlanta. But uh, in football, if you're aware of, of football, in football games, there are are three teams that are there on the field. There's the home team, there's the visiting team, and that means for the biggest part of about two and a half to three hours there will be what is called a non-negotiable conflict. They'll be head-to-head because uh, the conflict occurs because these two teams are trying to get to opposite sides of the field. You know in football there's a goal line on this side and a goal line on this side and the team that is headed this way is trying to be stopped by the team that is heading that way and uh, in life it has a lot of a lot of similarities as of what we're facing today I've heard it said it's impossible to have a head-on collision with the devil if you're traveling in the same direction and how true that is but in the NFL that's what they do they're they're headed with, with into each other's uh, direction, they're interfering with each other's progress and there's nothing that you can do this Sunday to stop the war that each team will will come against with each other. It's the, it's the nature of the field that they've gathered on and in the midst of, of these two teams that I've already mentioned, the home team and the visiting team there's been placed a third team. Does anybody know what that third team is called? It's called the officiating team and uh, their team Uh, they're, they're made up of nine members and their job is to be on the field but not of the field if you will their role is to be in the middle of conflict without becoming part of the conflict if you will they have been deputized from 345 Park Avenue up in New York City by a commissioner by the name of Roger Goodell to represent the kingdom up there in New York in the midst of the chaos down here on the field in which they're fighting against They've been deputized to be on the field and while the conflict is non-stop and while uh, uh, they, they are going to face a head-on collision of the two teams that are fighting and going against each other, their mere presence is to be there to make the conflict manageable. When I get to where I'm going, you'll understand why I'm, and why I'm telling you all of this. Now these nine officials all have been given a book. They all have the same book from New York at Park Avenue and inside of that book is a book of rules it has been given to every official that is on the NFL field today and this book comes from New York it is the official guideline of the field on which they play it governs by which all calls are made and which all decisions are made upon the field of play within the NFL each official must understand that their personal opinion is not to be subject to the book. Each official understands that it is not a popularity contest that they are in. They will be booed if they make a a call against the home team. They will be cheered if they make a call for the home team. And they know that they're not there for the applause of the crowd. They render decisions in the midst of the chaos by the book that they've been given from the kingdom that they've been authorized from in the midst of the chaos in which they've been placed. Today I'm telling you that because these officials that that you know are very noticeable. They stand out. They do not wear a panther's jersey. They do not wear a falcon's uh, uniform. They stand out by what they wear. Uh, They're noticeable as an animal that we have at most zoos called a zebra. They have black and white. In their colors and if you want to see a zebra travel to Asheboro today in the rain and an umbrella you can see one or you can see one online in which or on TV in which I'm speaking about today be sure that they are greatly outnumbered there is only nine of them and there are 53 players on this side of the field and 53 players on this side of the field there's a coaching staff on this side and a coaching staff on that side and there is just nine of them now there may not be thousands of fans today in the stadium, but normally there is. And they know they know that the players that they're calling the cause against are fitter. They're younger, they're faster. They understand that they're older and fatter and slower. They know that. But they clearly understand this that the players may have the power, but they have the authority. And I've said all of that to say that to you today. These officials carry a Yalla. A flag and a whistle and that gives them the authority which they've been authorized from from New York. These players may can knock them down but make no mistake about it the referees can can throw them out of the game. We need to grasp in this message today and what God has put on my heart to share with you that you and I are God's officiating team. In a world of chaos you've been given a book You've been given a playbook by which to make calls and to govern your life in the midst of this field of chaos. You're not going to stop the fightings. You're not going to stop the wars. You're not going to stop the battles that we're in the midst of, but you are called to be in the midst of it and to make it manageable in these days in which we live. I don't know if you've looked around lately or not, but we have cultural conflicts. God knows we've got racial conflicts and political conflicts, police versus citizens conflicts, economical, health conflicts, and the list goes on and on. Loyalty conflicts are there, and as we look at life, you can understand that the clashes just keep on coming in every way, shape, and form. And in the midst of all these conflicts, God has given us a rule book. And instead of making decisions on our own, we can make decisions based upon a book that has authority, and we can make a decisions based upon what God says. I don't know if you looked at what I read today or not, but in verse 1 it said, the Spirit came upon Azariah, the son of Oded. Now, if as Brother Mark prayed this, this morning, the Spirit of God lives in you. And if the Spirit of God does live within you, you've got something to say to this world. Amen. I'll amen that one for you. Everybody wants to be quiet saints, but God did not call us to be such. God called us to go out and make some calls on the field of play. Some years back, to be exact, I googled that this morning too. That was week three of 2012 season. The NFL officials went on strike. Uh, you can google it after today if you like to. But they went on strike, and instead of having the the normal officials who knew the book uh, to be there to officiate within the NFL, they had replacement officials in that week three of. 2012 in the NFL and these these replacement officials man they made everybody mad (laughs) they went out this side was going to kill them this side was going to kill them the fans wanted to kill them you know why because they was calling the cause based upon their opinion not based upon the book church today I want you to know something most Christians live by their opinion instead of living by the book today God has not called us to live by such he has called us to go and say exactly what he said. Don't add to it. Don't take away from it. Don't sweeten or sugarcoat it. Tell it like it is and tell what God says with love, not with hatred, in how you give it. One thing I learned in cemetery or, or seminary, whichever one you want to take it as, but uh, one thing I learned was I have an inerrant document that God has given to me and it always carries and always will carry Kingdom authority. We need to understand that now, in these days, since Christ has not come back yet, more than ever before, why we are here. We, as God's true children, should understand that the conflicts that we've been called into the midst of and the reason that we're here. I want to look together in just a moment the reason why the days are as they are and what we're called to do in the midst of these days in which we live. Uh, COVID or whichever one you want to call it, uh, the China virus. I don't know what you want to label it as or call it. You know, people said, "Are you worried, preacher? Have, have you been worried?" And it hasn't bothered me one single bit. If I die the day from it, I know where I'm going. I'm appointed once to die, whether it be by cancer, Corona, martyrdom, an accident on 6490, or uh, whatever. It, whatever it is, I'm appointed once, and I, I won't go until then. I'm late for a bunch of my other appointments, Pastor Jamie, but but that one I won't be late for. And however it is that the Lord sees fit for me to go by, that'll be the way that I'll go. I don't know, I can't see, I feel like I'm in the standing in front of a train, but at any rate, whoever's up there, if it's Corey or whoever that is, if you'll put the pictures up, and I'm going to go through them really quickly uh, today, I want to say thank you, East tales Well, I've got to thank you, and I'll give that to you, Pastor, before I leave. Somewhere in the midst of my Bible. But I want to say thank you for being the hands and feet of Jesus. Thank you for helping us with shoes that you can see in the in the pictures there. If you'll keep going, brother, whoever it is, thank you for clothes that you enabled us to buy this past year. If you'll keep going, I want to say thank you for helping us to build a a make to church in the middle of in the middle of a village that had never heard the gospel till three years ago. Now the only thing that we purchased as far as the churches that we're affiliated with is the roof on it. These villagers were so excited about Jesus they cut their own trees down out of the forest forest. they put their own mud and cow dung together and made the walls out of it and then they put their, then they put the roof on it. Now I say to God be the glory, great things he's done. He gave, them, gave them a heart to be in God's house and to make a sanctuary to gather together as the word of God says. If you keep going that's inside of the church they didn't get the message of social distancing yet Uh, but at any rate they're still meeting together and God's looking after them as far as we know no one in that village has contracted the coronavirus but they did do something with the gospel they had been given they took the gospel message to a nearby village and they saw 70 other people who had never heard the gospel before give their lives to Jesus as well you say brother Todd what are you doing I want to share what God's put on my heart just like Isaiah did to Asa and if you'll do that stand back and watch there's no telling what God can do there's no telling what God can do brother if you will keep going to the next picture I want to say thank you for your prayers we went we went to places as far as north near to the Himalaya mountain range we went to far south near to the equator where my wife is from giving toboggans where it's cold giving shorts and flip-flops where it's hot and uh, everything in between. If you'll keep going, we gave two motorcycles. These Tales will help us to purchase one last year. We gave two motorcycles to ministers who take the gospel and are graduates from our, um, from our seminary. And what we do is, I've told you these Tales before, we take the children off the streets who are orphans. We grow them up in the fear of the Lord. Teach them, people say you brainwash them. Well, we just don't teach them anything else, amen. Just teach them Jesus throughout their life. And, uh, and share the love of Christ with them throughout their life and normally at the end whenever they come out of school most of them are ready to go to Bible college and when they do they go out and they become missionaries to their own people I think that's a great plan and I, I, I trust in it I agree with it and I've seen too much good come out of it Uh, and at the end of it. But I want to say thank you so much for sending them out uh, as missionaries to their own people and providing one of the two motorcycles that we gave this past year. May God bless you for that. Brother, if you'll keep going, this young lady, her name is Uma Ronnie. She had cancer uh, three months before I got to meet her for the first time. And on her shoulder, you can see where she's had chemo and treatment on... That's her right hand, but I guess that would be your right side of the picture there. She's got the bandage where she's had the IV. She's been treated chemo and radiation. Nothing had worked. One of my friends who was there, the Lord had put on his heart to share with her as he went by to pray for one of his believers within the hospital. You you know when the Lord puts something on your heart and you tell him that, "Ah, I shouldn't do that or I don't need to do that. Y'all ever tried to educate God, right? You you tell him why and he's already told you to do something but he tells you why you should do something because he's a lot smarter than you. You say, God, you don't know I'm from Alexander County, right? So, but at any rate, yeah, we're, we're the smartest folks on earth, but anyhow, I've tried to educate him too, and so did our pastor uh, who works in that state of Punjab, and he told told the Lord, you know, it'd just be a waste of my time, but he kept putting her on his heart as he would go by, and, and finally one day he went in and said, can I pray for you? And uh, the young lady who's a, Teenager is like most teenagers. Smarted back to him. I, I don't believe in your God. I, I I believe in Krishna. We worship Him and Shiva. And pastor left the room, went on to his believers' room. Thought, man, told you, Lord. You ever told the Lord? Told you, Lord, you was wrong. Knew she didn't want to hear what you have to say. And he continued there for another two weeks with his believer. And finally, his believer was discharged. Well, on the last day there to visit his believer. He was coming out of the hospital, and the young lady stopped him said, Pastor, could you just come into my room for a second? He said, Do you want me to pray for you? She said, No. said, I just want to know what it is that's different about your God than than Shiva and Krishna. Pastor Aji said, Well, the thing that's different about my God is that he is alive. Amen. Church today, our God is alive. He does live. He, He has been resurrected. He is seated. At the right throne, at the right hand of God the Father, at the throne. And I'm grateful for that today. That our God reigns. Our God is alive, and He said, "That's the only difference that I can tell you." He He lives. How does He live? Well, He lives one way through Scripture. He said, "What's Scripture?" And He had a Gideon's New Testament. So thank you, if you have any Gideons that are here or support Gideons, I thank you, and I I highly recommend to support them as well. What a great. Endeavor, but he had a Gideon's New Testament. And in the back of the Gideon's New Testament, Pastor Ozzy always writes his name and contact number just in case God does something. Now remember, God spoke to him and telling her to or telling him to speak to her. It just didn't seem to work right, but in the long run, that was God's plan. Because as exiting the hospital for the last time, she's asked for this Gideon's New Testament. He gives it to her. And over the next two weeks, every time she reads it, The pain that is in her shoulder from cancer that is nearly the size of a softball-slash-volleyball mid-range size that won't go away, the pain goes away. So the more the pain goes away from reading the Bible, the more she reads the Bible, the more she read the Bible, the more he revealed himself to her through the Bible. And at the end, to say it all, he got a phone call after about three weeks from Uma saying, Preacher, I don't know what happened, but Jesus changed my life. Jesus touched me. He took away my cancer. He healed me. He saved me because I called on his name. And not only did he save me, Pastor, he saved my three sisters and my mother. Church, today I say to God, be the glory. Great things he does and has done and will continue to do. Church, if we just obey his voice, it might not make sense, but at the end it all makes sense whenever it comes out in the long run. Brother, if you'll keep going, I want to say thank you. That's the church. that is the newest church that we have. I told you the one village church we just built, that's the believers from the new village. That's all of them who have given their life to the Lord, taken baptism in the last year. And I say to God, be the glory great things he has done and is doing. Brother, if you'll keep going, that's one of the, the newest members. She's about 87, 88 years old. I can't remember. Me and Grace took a picture with her. She looks like one of them aborigines ladies. She's got holes in both of her nose with big old rings. Hey, she's going to be in heaven with you. So if you're scared, I'm telling you what, they don't have an East Tales section up there. All right? I just want you to be aware of that and don't be amazed when you get there. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. Not when the white people get there, when the black people get there, when the Hispanic people. No, when we all get to glory. What a day of rejoicing that will be. best I can read, uh, it tells me that every tongue and tribe and nation will be found there as well. Brother, if you'll keep going, I believe that's my last picture to show you today. I want to say thank you for those of you who have helped with, uh, with our AIDS children. Uh, we was able to, to give them about uh, $4,800 this year for their AIDS medicine. Again, uh, some, of them, some folks have thought that was a waste, but I'm telling you, that's the love of Christ. And that's what compelled Paul. It's what compels us. And I hope and pray it's what compels you today to go out and to share the truth unashamedly stand in the public square unapologetically and say Jesus I love you I stand for you no matter what anybody else says so that's what I got to show you I want to say thank you for that thank you for your prayers I thank God for his safety I thank God for his word I thank God for getting to see firsthand what it can do and I want you to know that you can see it too firsthand in your personal life because you're called too to be part of this book to be part of the calling from not New York but from heaven you have a calling as well today to be part of what God is doing. So back to the word. Can I, I've i got about 10 or 12, 13, 14. Can I have 15 more minutes? Is anybody angry? If you are, you can repent at your seats, okay? And ask him to forgive you of your your anger. So quickly, let's, I want to go through what the Lord's put on my heart just real quick and I want to share just some thoughts about how Asa was, was obedient. It said that in verse, verses 3 to 6, there was no true God, there was... There was no teaching priests. There was no law. There was no peace to who, him who went in. There was no peace when they came out, city against city, nation against nation. Cultural chaos. Does it sound anything like the world you're living in today? At the end of verse 6, it says that God did vex them with all adversity. Do you know who caused them problems? <laughs> now, one fella, every time he'd have a problem, he would say, Get thee behind me, Satan. After 10 years of saying that with all of his problems, the Lord finally talked to this man and said, we'd get along a lot better if you'd stop calling me Satan. Some of the causes and some of the problems in your life are there because God put them there. In this text that we read today, it said in verse 6 very clearly, God did vex them with all adversity. So the personal conflict they was having, the family conflict they was having, the faith conflict that they was having... The community conflict, the international conflict they was having. uh, it came not from the devil, but because God had allowed that. And I want to say this to you today, East Tales. Well, if you don't hear anything else, hear this. If God is your problem, only God is your solution. If God is the cause, only God is the cure. It is the only thing that can get you out of what you're facing today, because if you try to stand against God, you know how that's going to end up for you if you read your Bible. Amen. God God never loses. He has victory. And uh, you know, and in this we see what we know is the passive wrath of God. Now, in the Old Testament days, they knew what was the active wrath of God. Fire and brimstone came down. The earth opened up. Flood waters came out of it. But in 2 Corinthians, when Paul writes to the church in chapter 5, verses 18 to 21, See, we've been reconciled uh, to him because Christ came to reconcile the world to himself and now he relates to the world just a little different. If you read Romans chapter 1, there's some even verses, 26, 28, and I believe it's 24 as well. It says that God gave them up in verse 24. He gave them up to uncleanliness. He gave them up in verse 26 to vile affections. In verse number 28, it says he gave them over to a reprobate mind and What that means is uh, to say, that's what it looks like to have a, a world living without God. You say, what do you mean, preacher? I say, what you see today is a sample of what it looks like for a people that have abandoned God. That's what it looks like. He gave them over to that. Now, while we don't see the fullness of it yet because the church is still here, Christ has not come back yet, to take his church, and Christ has not came again yet. Uh, He is giving us a view of what some things to come are headed this way when it's all gave up, and and it looks like the world is being completely abandoned. Why? Why would it look like God's completely abandoned uh, the world? Well, I believe the world's kind of completely abandoned God to the biggest part. Amen? Now, some years ago, I used to go shopping for my wife, Uh, She would send me to Walmart's or Kmart's to get stuff whenever she couldn't get there through the week, and I never will forget she asked me to go to Kmart's for something that she wanted in a sale paper. Well, I don't know. There used to be one down at Statesville, and I tried to get down there when the doors opened. I don't know if y'all ever tried to beat anybody to Kmart or Walmart. Everybody else seems to have the same plan that Todd did because everybody in Statesville must have had the same plan that morning because by the time I got there, Man, everybody in Statesville, and I believe Troutman as well, had gathered to to Kmart, and I thought, boy, this is this is interesting. I never thought Kmart had that many customers. Well, to find out that day, Kmart had a store-wide sale throughout the great state of North Carolina, and everybody else got the news about it except Todd. I wouldn't win, amen. But anyway, I, I don't like things with Mart in the end of the name of it. A lot of the times, I don't I don't enjoy going there. Uh, but sometimes you have to. Uh, I do shop at at our Walmarts and Kmarts, and I do get stuff from there, but that's just not my favorite place to be in life. So I go there, and uh, once I get there, the parking lot's jammed. All the aisles are jammed. I see this store-wide sale going on, and uh, I'm thinking to myself, man, everybody's here because everything's cheap. Ain't that right? Y'all ever had a revelation at Kmarts? Well, God gave me one that day, and at Kmart... I thought, you know what? And I was standing in this long line with three items because I love my wife. Hey, Amen. Everybody else said, "Oh." But anyway, I'm standing there with three items. They ain't no speedy checkout back in the day. I'm standing there. I'm like, man, that's a quarter-mile line. And I'm thinking, they only got like three cashiers in this biggest sale of history according to Kmart. But uh, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, self, that's exactly how it is in the kingdom of God. They just want you on sale. As long as they can get you cheap, They'll shop here, but but the moment it comes at full price, forget it. Doesn't the crowd seem to dwindle down when it when it costs everything? They, they just ain't as many people there when it's when it's at full price. So uh, people don't want the God of the Bible; they want a God that they can control. Better known in the Old Testament as an idol. And I believe we have a lot of that in. Our country today I believe we have a lot of that in families today in our nation and that's where verse 3 said there was no there was no true God and that was happening in the day of Asa's blessing because he was a man who did what the Lord had led him to do there was no teaching priests there as well they had they had preachers but they wasn't saying much of anything and I want to say this today that if there is a mist in the pulpit there's surely a fog in the congregation Whenever God's men wasn't saying what they ought to say, church, I'm telling you today, there are pulpits today that have been misted in what God's word is saying, trying to tickle ears, trying to make people gather. God don't need a flock. He needs people who are to the book, set down with him, rightly lined up with God's plumb line, and walking in the midst of of his righteousness you say what do you, what do you mean pulpits throughout our nation have become weak therefore members have become weak therefore referees make the wrong call when they see the when they see the right plays and to know the fouls there they turn a blind eye to it instead of calling the foul can anybody say amen because that's where our nation is today let's just turn a blind eye to it you know the reason for our racial divide in our country is mainly due to that the 11 o'clock hour is still the most segregated hour in our world today on Sunday. The reason that we have a culture that's in disarray is officials can't get together on their calls. Division amongst. Brother, if you've got the same rule book, how's it differ? I don't get that. Amen? You have one, I have one. The Bible said in Judges 17 and 6 and. 21 and 25 it said there was no king in, their da- in those days and every man did right according to his own eyes well welcome to 2020, amen you know had there only been 10 in Sodom and Gomorrah Sodom and Gomorrah would still be on the map and you know it said that Sodom and Gomorrah wasn't only destroyed due that sinners were sinning Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed because the righteous couldn't be located and any time the righteous can't be located in Taylorsville, in Statesville, you got a problem. Church, if there's ever been a time for you to shine, if there's ever been a time to allow the Spirit of God to come upon you and come out of you like it ought to, and you speak to the world the truth, it is today. Whether it be at your job, whether it be at your lunch place, whether it be in the midst of your family, it is now that we should rise up and share. What the lord is saying to you verse number verse number four it says but when they in their trouble did turn to the lord now that same trouble was the trouble that god caused in verse number six okay so again if your troubles god only god is your answer but we must turn to him when we realize that it is his calling it is it is him that is putting us in these areas church today Make no mistake that God will not skip the church house to go to the White House and fix any problems. It's got to start with you and me. There's a big if if my people are are called, who are called by my name would humble themselves. That's a big if. You can talk about it. You can quote it. But until you start doing it and do as Asa did in the scripture today, tear down the idols man you might even have to go to mama's house today might even have to stamp that thing and burn it down mama ain't gonna like it but let me tell you something god will and he will honor it he will bless you he'll bless your family he'll bless your community your church and your nation if you'll obey what the lord has said unto you so are you ready are you ready to start living as the lord has called you to be, we're coming up in a season where, man, people's yards are filled with signs. Their bumper stickers are filled with stickers as of the who, they want and this, that, and the other. You say, brother Todd, uh, what's your take on politics? I've told you this before. Politics mean poly means many ticks. Something you find behind the hound dogs there. So uh, many blood suckers. If you if you want to translate that out. Oh my gosh, did you just say that? At any rate, you say, who are you gonna vote for? Who's right? who's closest to the book, that's that's my calling and that's yours if you're a believer today. I'm not political, you know what? Because I know the Lord appoints the kings and if it be the Lord's plan to be another way, you know who did that? I believe verse six said, God did vex them with all adversary. Church, never think for a minute that you're in control of it. You're in control of it. It is God, so you better get in line with him know what the main official, know what the commissioner in 345 Park Place has to say so that you know where you stand and what you have to say today on the field of place. Are you really committed to the lordship of Jesus? Are you committed to who he's called you to be as the church because you have a definite word from the Lord God today? Daniel influenced his people in Babylon Esther influenced her husband who being a Persian husband the righteous would and could and will always infect the environment in which they live now most people have dumbed the church down to an hour on Sunday morning uh, and if the only reason you're here is for an inspirational gathering you missed it today you're here to hear what God has to say to you to take to the end of the world that you might take and make the right call on the field in which you've been placed wherever it be a family, whether it be your workplace wherever you are today now I don't know if you know but you're God's embassy on earth and in saying that if you've ever been outside of the United States it, it it's nice to see your own embassy it's nice to say hey that's a little bit of home right there that's what church is this world is not my home but every time I get to come to East Taylorsville every time I get to worship with churches on Sunday morning that's like me going to the embassy saying man That's home. When y'all sing up here this morning, guys, that was home. Whenever whenever I hear preaching uh, from Brother Jamie, when I I listen to you online, brother, I have to copy your messages sometimes, amen. That's home. That's home. That's home. Whenever I I hear Brother Mark pray, that's home. Whenever I hear Brother Kevin speak his word from Scripture, that's home. That's home to me, amen. That's what I know and that's where I want to be. I'm an ambassador from that country. And if you're a child of God, so are you. God's put you in the midst of this chaos and conflict to make right calls. But we want to bring the world in, say a little prayer over and expect Jesus to endorse it. It don't work like that, son. It's got to line up with his word. People have asked me, preacher, why don't the church have authority like God's called them and told them to do? You have the keys of the kingdom, he told Peter. Well, the reason is we don't recognize who we are in Christ a lot of times and what he's called us to be. So we settle for a weekly inspirational meeting. Church, I'm telling you this to tell you this, that if Christ comes tomorrow, you don't have to worry about anything I told you. But if Christ don't come for another 100 or 200 years, you better worry about everything I told you. Because my kids and your kids and your grandkids and their grandkids will either be growing up and living in a culture that has been influenced by God's children or one that's been influenced by the kingdom of darkness now you make the call you can go out and make the calls that God's told you to make or you can sit back in the shadows and let the enemy take over and do whatever it is their will I say we ought to stand up like Asa go to mama's house go to wherever it is the idols are take it down stand up for the Lord and do what God's called us to do and be what God's called us to be in the kingdom of God. I close with this story that I heard a minister uh, telling about uh, a set of newlyweds who had who had uh, just recently gotten married. They was on their way uh, to their honeymoon, and boy, he was in a hurry. <laughs> Y'all ever been a husband that just got married? Well, if you hadn't, you're not married, but at any rate, but if you have uh, and you have been married, you know your honeymoon night, you're like, oh. Goodness gracious! I love her so much. You Used to open the car door for her. Now you try to shut her in. I'm just those were the days, right? You loved her, and uh, he was on the way to their honeymoon, and, and it was back in the mountains, and boy, the, the interstate was blocked. So he Googled a back road, and he thought, boy, I just get there, I just get there closer uh, faster because you know I'm in a hurry, to be with the one I love. We're just gonna be in love forever. And at any rate, they're on the way to honeymoon suite they get behind a large truck, it's a foggy night on the back road in the country, he sees the dotted lines to pass, he says, man, I'm just, I'll am just. just take it, I'm in a hurry to get, to get to our honeymoon suite, he pulls out to pass the big truck, and as he's passing the big truck on the country road, what he couldn't see through the fog was an oncoming van, and they met head on, they hit each other, and they flipped in the ditch, and uh, there they was lying in the ditch uh, for some time, both of them injured, the van members as well, injured, and he's sitting there in the ditch, he comes to first, the husband, and sees his new bride lying there beside him, gushing out of the side of her face from a cut, thinking, man, if I don't do something, is anybody hearing today, if I don't do something, she's she's going to die, and as fortunate would have it as he's looking around and coming to, wiping the blood out of his own face, that he had some gashes in his head, he looks across on the hill of the country road on the other side of the road, and he sees a sign, it says the officers of of Doctor of Doctor John Knight, he thought, "Man, what a what a fortunate thing we wrecked right here in front of the, in front of the doctor's office. Surely, surely he'll help us." And he waddles over to the other side of the car, frees his bride from the car. She's bleeding profusely, and if something's not done quick, he's going to lose the one he loves. He takes his wife in his arms, and he goes across the road on the country road and up the hill to where the doctor's home and office is. And he knocks on the door. An old man, after a few seconds, comes to the door and opens the door, and he said, son, what can I do for you? The young man said, well, aren't you Dr. Bill Jones? And uh, the man said, yes, I am. What can I do for you? He said, you see my wife? She's bleeding from her face and near her neck. Save her. The old man shook his head and looked to the ground. He said, I'm sorry, son. I can't do that. I stopped practicing years ago. Young man looked at the old man and he replied, sir, I give you two choices today. You can either save her or take down your sign. I tell you that, each Tales will to tell you this. Don't have a sign up that gives me an impression that if I show up, you can turn things around. Don't have a sign up that says, hey, if I come here, you can make things better and don't. What I'm telling you today is is we have a bleeding world to bring in front of our Redeemer today. You can study about him all you want. You can learn about him all you want. But you have two choices today. You can stand up and be the kingdom citizen that God has called you to be, or you can take down your sign. God is looking for men and women who will stand up for what's right and make the call. He don't need no wimps. (laughs) If he does, you ought to change the song, Onward Christian Wimps marching on to their corner to hide in be who he's called you to be or take down your sign would you stand with me heads bowed and eyes closed for just a minute before your pastor come and close Father we want to say thank you for what you're doing in our midst this morning thank you for your word that you spoke to Asa thank you for the actions Lord when he obeyed what you can do Lord is, is beyond our comprehension if we just obey Lord I don't know if, if we're making the right calls I don't know if we're judging by our opinions or whether we're calling it by the book but God I do know that you did give us a book each and every one of us it wasn't authorized from 345 Park Avenue Lord it's been authorized by the blood of your precious son straight from the kingdom of heaven that we hold in our hands and we nonchalantly treat it so nonchalantly from week to week it's just a part of our cars back dash it's just a part of of a place it lays in the house but God I pray that in these days as your children we would get in your word know your word and proclaim your word as you've called us to Lord we are the lights of the world because you first gave us the light Lord today I pray that if if there's any of your children here Lord who need to make some adjustments with the head office I pray today they would come and say, Lord, I want another opportunity to make some calls. I, I want to stand up for what's right. I want to be who I'm supposed to be so I can see you do what only you can do. Lord, if there's ever been a day our nation has needed to see God step in and intervene in the midst of all this hate and in the midst of all this sickness, Lord, it is now. It's now. Lord, have your way in these moments that we that we meditate upon you. And Lord, in just the next few minutes, Lord, I'll just leave it at a moment of silence as as they can pray where they're at. and Lord, just talk to you. They can just talk to you right now as pastor comes. You just meditate on the Lord for just a few seconds in silence.
1: As you're meditating, Christians, let me ask you this question. Do you trust the Lord? Do you trust him with your service? you trust him with your situations? If you're here today and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, can you today trust him with your soul? Today, Jesus, I surrender my life to you today. All the blessings that Todd talked about are not yours unless you have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Be born again today. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this message. Lord, we thank you for Asa. Father, what a challenge. Serve the Lord to take your sign down. Thank you for that, Brother Todd. Father, help us to be the men and women of God you've called us to be. And we'll forever thank you and praise you for what you do for us. In Jesus' name I pray and all of God's people sit together. Amen. Before you leave, we have a family that's going to join the church this morning. So I'm going to ask Cody and Maggie to come come over here. They will. They've been through Class 101. And they'll be joining um, by statements. If you guys will come this way. Honored to have you all as members of East Hillsville Baptist Church. And I'm going to have Mark to bring the brick over. As I've said, when the other families have joined, what this brick represents is the fact that we're all the same here. I'm no better than anybody else. I just have a different calling. And uh, so it takes all of us to build the kingdom of God. So we're going to give you this brick, guys. And then we're going to vote on them. I'm confident we're going to vote yes. Amen. All in favor of them being members of East Towsville Baptist Church, say aye. Raise your hand and say welcome to East Towsville. God bless you. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for being here. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Another thing, before you leave, we have ushers at the door. If you're going to make a